Hey everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a podcast about reclaiming the place of priority relationship is providentially intended to hold in your life. You know, we live in a world where community is far too often pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things, but the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As believers, we have the choice to prioritize connection in our life every day and to live face-to-face with God and people. In this show, I'll be number one, sharing research which supports the importance of relationship, number two, giving you tools to help you improve your interpersonal connections, and number three, sharing writings that I have done in the past on the importance of community. It is my sincere hope that the content presented in this podcast equips you to better serve and love others. To access my past and future articles, subscribe to my YouTube channel, or purchase a copy of my books, visit homeschoolerponderings.blogspot.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Restoring Report podcast. We're super excited to have you here today. Thank you for choosing this show to listen to out of all the things that you could have chosen, audiobooks, music, um, other podcasts. We really appreciate you being here while you're working out, driving, um, cleaning house, whatever it is that you're doing. Thank you for listening. And today I've got a really special session for you guys coming up. I'm going to be interviewing the founder of Techless and the creator of the Wise Phone. Um, his name is Chris Kaspar. He's a husband to a wife and father to three biological children and six foster children. He has a vision for, um, to, to what I understand to be prioritizing relationship in a world of digital distraction and keeping, um, technology within the boundaries that it's supposed to be in. Um, so thank you so much for being here today, Chris. It's an honor to have you on the show and glean all the wisdom that you're going to give to our listeners today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, um, Chris, before we dive into the questions that I have laid out for you today, um, first, I'm going to just tell our audience kind of a summary of what we're going to be talking about. And um, because Chris has started this company um, today, we're going to be talking about keeping relational relationship and community and connections central in a world where technology is trying to constant and big tech is trying to constantly overstep its bounds in our lives and take more time from us than it's actually designed to have. So, um, Chris, can you just, before we get into the questions, questions, can you just share a little bit about yourself, um, and what you value? Sure. Um, so in a nutshell, I mean, kind of like the podcast, uh, I value relationships deeply. I mean, we are not necessarily a Christian company, but I'm a believer, um, and you know, you think about the two greatest commandments, if you summed up, Jesus summed them up is love God, love people very simply. Um, and that's what makes me excited. I mean, I'm, I'm a pastor of a home church. Um, and the reason why we're doing that is because we are just pursuing rich relationships with one another and rich relationships with the Lord. Um, and I know that resonates with your audience. So we have a lot of common ground here. Um, but that's what gets me excited at the end of the day is when I see something work in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, you said you're a pastor of a home church. I, and I, I don't know this this about you quite yet. Is is your home church, is it like an institutional church building or do you guys meet in a home or how's what's the setup there? Yeah, yeah. So we started probably 18 months ago and it's really kind of based off of Francis Chan's model. We are church, if anyone's familiar with that. Um, but no, we meet in our house. Um, and then once we get big enough, we multiply into different groups. And so far we've multiplied and we're in two groups because at one point Sunday mornings, we're having 45 people in our house, 25 of which are kids. And it just got a little crazy. Oh, um, wow. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, but basically we meet in the mornings and sit around and talk about what God's taught us um, that previous week. 
That's amazing. Uh, Chris, this is, this is definitely, definitely a, uh, a providential orchestration for sure. Uh, I haven't told you this, but I'm actually in a, in a home church group as well. And when I say home church, I don't mean a church building. I mean, we meet in homes biweekly and we do that exact thing. We discuss what God is t- uh, teaching us and, um, doing in our lives. And it, it's just a really great, it's been a, it, it's been a pivotal, um, pivotal point of my life for sure. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, I'll just go ahead and dive right into our questions today. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about why you started Techless and what your purpose was behind making this company that is focused on digital limitation? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was working in our family business. We have a 120-year-old company. I'm a fifth-generation owner. Um, and so kind of had the red carpet rolled out for me, I guess you could say, um, as far as life was good. Um, but at the same time it rang hollow and I was asking myself, okay, what am I doing for the kingdom of God? And I was Mm. making a profound impact to that family business. We made a huge difference. We employed 500 people. We, um, we made some major cultural shifts and initiatives there, but I wanted something more. And so I took a step away from that and really just with a blank canvas and said, Hey, what's out there? What could I do to make a difference? Um, and through a handful of experiences, kind of came up with 20 business concepts, chose the top two. Um, and around that time, my wife and I were doing foster care. Um, and we had 10 and 13 year old girls. They were dropped off at our house. And the caseworker said, don't let these girls near anything that looks like a smartphone. Um, and this is right in the time when I'm like doing numbers on all these different business concepts and all this stuff. And we were really wrestling with it because, you know, it's right at the age where they want phones, they want technology. We wanted to be the kind of parents that say yes and wanted to empower them and trust them, but there were no good options out there Mm. on the market. And we were stuck. Um, and finally we figured out that Amazon Alexa was a pretty cool device because it's this non-visual interface to the internet and we could give it to them and they, we didn't have to worry about it. I mean, the worst they could do is listen to some music with, with, uh, some expletives in it, but it wasn't sucking their soul away quite the way that their previous experiences with a smartphone had. Um, and I just realized it clicked for me that device level restrictions um, are something that nobody's ever tackled and you can infuse morality into it and design things that have boundaries that are healthy for people at certain ages. And then just looking at one of the greatest things that really has affected our generation is the whole pornography epidemic. And mm-hmm. so of combining mm-hmm. that with just seeing people's lights in their eyes go dull because they've been drowned yeah. out and dulled by screens, kind of this perfect conglomeration of our experience plus this cultural movement towards healthier tech. It kind of all came together and I said, this is what I have to do. Um, um, and at the end of the day, it was it was it's a pretty big risk. I mean, this company either succeeds oh, or fails. There is no in between. <laughs> um, you know, real estate. You know, worst case scenario, you sell whatever you whatever you invested in and get uh, for a thirty percent loss or something. But this is binary, and so this is definitely right. something that God. I mean, it, it's risky, and so if it's going to succeed, it's God's hands. Obviously, um, it's a pretty crazy endeavor for us, <laughs> and so we just gave it to Him and said, "Let's do it." And so we dove in. That's, that is absolutely amazing. Uh, a couple things stand out to me about that story. Uh, you started off by talking about how you're, you're, you're kind of part of this fifth generation family business. And we talk a lot about, I haven't told you this either, but on the show, we talk a lot about this multi-generational family team where the, 
each member is actually adding to the family that they're a part of instead of kind of resetting after marriage and starting their own. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting you brought that up. I don't know if you've heard of, um, Jefferson Bethke and a lot of the work that he's doing with family teams now, but mm. oh, you have, okay. He's, um, he's, he talks a lot about that. So that was just something interesting that I heard you say. Also, the, I love the fact that, um, the, the, the kind of the vision for this techless movement started with kids. With, with these, these foster kids that you had, that was just so, um, so interesting to me because I think a lot of the times, um, kids uh, by our culture are a lot of times seen as just kind of not really thought about in the sense of they're, you know, often perceived as a burden or they're undesirable to have around or that kind of thing. And it's just really interesting that not only did you make the choice to have those people and pour into those little, little, little souls, but you also, they were the starting point for this this amazing uh, company that I've I've seen come come into being. So that's just really cool. Um, can you talk a little bit about what the Techless mission is? I watched a video on YouTube that was um I think it was called the Techless Manifesto or something, and it talked a lot about your um your core values as a company and also um what you what your intentions were regarding your products and your 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 mission your message. Yeah. So in a nutshell, we're really here to help people that want healthy technology. That's kind of the high level. And and so if there's people that want to make intentional choices, we're here for them. Um, But, you know, kind of secondarily, we're here to destroy digital addiction. It's Mm -hmm. a huge, a huge problem. Um, Like the purpose of this podcast, we're here to restore relationships um, and to grow relationships uh, and then also we're looking at preventing pornography. I mean, this is yeah. just a, a nationwide challenge and, and we want to be on the forefront of preventing kids. I mean, early exposure. Um, and then people that, I mean, we have a lot of, uh, men that use our products that are older because they just, they don't trust their normal smartphone. Um, they don't trust themselves with it. And they're, this is one of the only good options out there. And so we're just yeah. helping people that want to fight this personally, um, and live life the way God designed us to live life. That's really good. Um, a couple, yeah, a couple of things you mentioned there too, just really align with the purpose of this show, which is first of all, the preventing pornography, um, that pornography in itself is uh, any marriage and family therapist will tell you that it's horribly destructive to relationships of any kind. Um, especially within, within the family, it tears apart marriage. That's, um, sex, money, and, uh, communication, I think are the three major or the three main causes of divorce in this country. And, um, pornography is at the top of that list, um, within the sexual category. So you guys preventing that, man, that is just that even though your mission is within technology, that's a direct step towards reprioritizing, reprioritizing and protecting relationship for people. So, um, we, yeah, totally, totally on board with you there. Um, I know just a couple of resources for people who are, um, looking to prevent that and protect their children from that. Um, find the new drug is a great, um, business that's actually designed to inform, make, help people make informed decisions about the negative effects of porn. Um, Exodus cries another great one. They, they talk, they, and they don't argue religious arguments. They give firsthand, uh, stories, personal narratives, science. They, that's, that's what they use to make their points. Um, Another great one is Covenant Eyes. It's uh, it's a, a screen accountability program where you actually uh, s- uh, set up these mentors, or not mentors, but accountability partners. And it, the program actually takes screenshots of your your devices and sends them to your your uh, accountability partners. And what that does is it keeps connection open between you two, and it it, it kind of tears down the walls of secrecy. So. 
Um, those are just some great uh, programs that you guys can get into for those of you who are looking to uh, limit porn. Um, d- Chris, do you believe that technology is a bad thing or that like money, it ha- it's a good thing that can be hijacked? Yeah, I mean, it's a complex discussion. You know, you could write a book on this <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To, answer, to answer the question. Um, inherently, no, it's not evil. Um, but no technology is neutral. There is no such thing as neutral technology. So it mm. can be evil and it can be good. Um, it is powerful. It is potent. And just like you said, just like money, um, it's something to be very wary of, very, I mean, not overtly fearful of, but just be cautious. Um, mm. You know, would you trust yourself with a hundred million dollars uh maybe but if you're smart you would put up protections around that money to protect your heart um when using it and would you hand your kid 10 million dollars (laughs) i you think about what that could do to them it could it could bless them but the odds are unless you're being very intentional about it it's gonna destroy them entirely Mm. so yeah that makes total sense. Um, I, I know that a lot of people, uh, you and I were talking about a little, we touched on this yesterday when we met to discuss this show. And one of the things that you mentioned was uh, that there are a lot of resources out there for people regarding financial wisdom. Um, I think of Dave Ramsey and his Financial Peace University and all that he's done. Um, I mean, there's just huge, huge amounts of money advice out there. But I don't think there is as much technological advice, digital advice, um, teaching people how to steward their their technology and their life. So I really appreciate that's another reason that I really appreciate what you guys are doing is I think you're filling filling a niche that is not quite filled by anyone within the Christian community or just the 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 country period. So absolutely totally appreciate what you guys are doing again. Yeah, um yeah, I mean could, it's 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 really kind of just a new conversation. I mean literally I was born before the internet. <laughs> yeah. And and so it's very we have a very unsophisticated understanding of what's going on and how this stuff is affecting us and so we're just now starting to realize how mm. profoundly this rewires us um and and we're starting to understand whoa there's way more than meets the surface and so I think you and I are starting this conversation but 10 years from now th- there will be some definitions that aren't even created right now it's just yeah. cutting edge discussion about what this is actually doing to us. Yeah, totally agree. Um, um, can you go over some of the ways that technology, this good thing, this powerful thing, this potent thing has been hijacked by, by culture or whatever it is in recent years? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's fairly obvious on some levels. Uh, I think, you know, the purpose of your podcast is really looking at relationship. Tech mm-hmm. has completely redefined what relationship even looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, the relationships now, uh, have just universally become much more superficial, much more hollow. Mm. Um, we've lost the depth and the nuance of eye contact and we've distilled yeah. debate down to 140 characters and, you know, yeah. it's like poking at one another, um, and not even, you know, um, and so that's definitely become more hollow. Um, and another thing that I think is pretty interesting, um, you know, people always used to say, oh, having a high IQ is good. And then people realize, hey, having a high EQ is good. Like if you look at successful CEOs, a lot of them have very high EQ, emotional intelligence. And I think one of the big kind of budding trends right now is just straight up people's ability to focus. Um, and tech mm. has destroyed that. I mean, multitasking, you know, think about the platforms that are successful. Twitter, 
TikTok, all of these just put these tiny little bite-sized chunks that just make your brain fire constantly, rapidly, dopamine hit after dopamine hit, and it's not long-form content. It's not anything with depth, and so I think like the next... Uh, the next group of people that are going to be profoundly successful are people that are going to have the ability to sit down and think for two hours mm, and just ponder yeah. something. And, and that's being destroyed right now by our tech. Hi, guys. I just wanted to take a quick break and tell you about a few opportunities that you have as listeners to support this show. Number one, you can rate and review this podcast. Every rating and review I get helps promote my podcast on distribution sites. If you haven't already done so, it takes 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating and a written review. Number two, you can become a financial supporter of this podcast with a monthly contribution. Just scroll to the bottom of the show notes found in the description of each week's episode and click on the link labeled support this podcast. Many, many thanks to all my past and future supporters, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this episode. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I think of all the ways that, um, like, uh, specifically teenage, teenagers today, but even adults, um, how the, the period they can go without their phone, uh, naturally is very small unless they, you know, enforce their will and say, I'm not going to pull out my iPhone right now. Naturally it's right there in their pocket or on their counter. And I mean, it's just a part of them. They, they just naturally pick it up. And then that's why we're racking up all these screen time hours a day that, all of that screen time is time that you're not engaging with people. And I think that's one of the things that um, this show just thinks is dangerous because yeah. you're all the time that you're spending with that technology, you're letting it infringe. It's, it's infringing on your ability to connect with other people. So yeah, totally relate to what you said there. Another thing is um, the debate that you mentioned uh, dumbed down to like 140 characters on Facebook, those little political exchanges and stuff. And I think people there, um, it, it ruins connection there because um, sometimes we forget that we're actually talking to a person and we think we're just talking to an avatar or something. And so we get a little bit more, um, a little bit more disrespectful in the way we communicate uh, an opinion. So that's another way that I, th I, I what, you, what you just said stood out to me. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with those. Uh, and, and I see those, I see those all around me in, in the technological world and in the relational world. Um, Big tech industries, you mentioned Twitter and Facebook, I think. Um, big tech industries like Apple and Facebook have managed to make themselves irreplaceable and constantly present within the lives of so many people today. Can you talk a little bit about where the big tech industry is today and what their end goal is, what their purpose is? Ooh, that's a big one. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, and I think about this like regularly. I mean, literally CES is going on right now. Um, and it's like the biggest tech event of the year. I've gone the last two years. And I, when I go, I just ponder and I ask myself this question. And, you know, the social dilemma came out. Um, the documentary, if you hadn't seen it, go watch it. It's awesome. But I have to ask myself, okay, why? You know, that's the, I don't know if you've heard the principle of five whys. Ask why, 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 five back, and then ask yourself, why were they originally created? Um, mm, what was their yeah. purpose in the creation? And if you really distill it down, um, you, you know, it, and there's lots of implications, like the assumptions that they were built on kind of feed back to that. Why were they created? And at the end of the day, these are Silicon Valley venture capital firms that people put in a dollar and they want a million dollars out. And it happened. Mm. I mean, people, these venture capitalists are just buku's rich and that's their purpose for existence. And I'm not saying that that's inherently evil, but it's just something to be conscious of in the back of your mind that they're not here for us. 
They're not here to serve us, to make the world a better place. They might have some company slogan or motto of something like that. But at the end of the day, their loyalties are to the shareholder almost entirely. Um, and they get away with whatever they can get away with. And they milk the attention. They they are designed to, to use our attention to milk us in order to create dollars. <laughs> so right. just look at right. it through that lens um, and then you can kind of see where it's going to go. Um, I mean, and actually, I mean, shoot, this week uh, is, gosh, I'm writing a video script right now. I'm going to post on YouTube. This week is crazy as far as just unveiling what's beneath the surface as far as big tech's concerned. In my mind, there's a new chapter that got unfolded this last two weeks with the mm. with the ban on Trump. Um and I, I'm not even going to get political or conservative right. or liberal here, but just the notion that an entire political narrative that could be held by 45% of Americans is now officially banned. Censored, is, yeah. It's, it's a very scary thing, and there's a very kind of sinister undertone to it, and I don't want to die back. I could talk for a while about that. Right. But but there's a new chapter here, and it makes me very nervous. For the first time, I'm, and I'm not a fearful person. I'm a courageous guy, but for the first time – in my life, as you're asking this question, I mean, two weeks ago, I would have painted a different picture and I'm a little bit more nervous than I have ever been in my life mm, as far as yeah. where big tech is leading us because, and not just us, the world. I mean, these are the most powerful forces in the world. And I mean, the Russian um, communist party leader, um, you know, uh, who's in all about anti-corruption in Russia, he's nervous about the decisions here that have been mm. made that set precedent and the global implications on Russia. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah what happened this last week. So I'm, I'm, I, it's a good question. But. It is. Yeah. Um, you're, uh, I, I actually got that question from your something on your site and I, it really stood out to me because yeah, that's a hard question. I think most people don't even consider because they just consume, they're just consuming Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter and whatever they can, um, how, however, however it can serve them, but they don't really think about what the purpose of those companies is. And I think you have a good point in pointing out they're not trying to their primary purpose, anyway, is not trying to connect you with other people. Their primary purpose is to make a dollar. So yeah. um, I think that's just good for people to keep in mind because what if the things that start making them dollars are actually destroying your connection? And I think that's when people have to um, – your connection with other people. So I think that's when people have to you know, perk their ears up and say, hey, I need to know what's going on here and be aware of what, the, what these companies are doing. Uh, Chris, I actually watched that. I watched a censorship video that you put on YouTube recently. I, I think it, I don't remember when exactly it was, but it was very good. Um, you made some great points and I think people would miss that. I think they would miss the, uh, just because these, these huge companies are so integrated into our lives, they would miss those little things that the company does that are really big, devastating decisions. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, yeah. And, and one other thing, I mean, you got to look at the moral boundaries these companies do or don't set for themselves. I mean, like Google, if you think about what Google is, they are the largest proliferator of pornography in the entire world. Mm, if you think about yeah. Amazon, they're the largest web hosting service. They host petabytes of pornography and they chose they yeah. sat down in a board meeting at one point and said are we going to block this or not and they said no yeah. we want it because it makes us money and so that's their stance so you just got to look at it through that yeah. lens and and i'm and they can make that decision but we also have a decision on how to respond right. and react to that exactly yeah that's totally good that's totally good um on your website i noticed you guys have done digging into the effects of social media on 
self-esteem, sleep, focus, um, the human experience. Can you guys, can you give a rundown of the techless digital wellness philosophy? I saw that you guys have a tech, uh, digital wellness philosophy. So I'm curious as to what that is. Yeah. So this is a living document. Um, as I said, this whole digital wellness thing is being like defined as we're talking about it. Like we are, we are verbally processing this even now. Um, but we do have some hard and fast rules. Um, one, we don't allow pornography, um, because we just believe it's destructive. Um, two, we, uh, stay away from anything that could be addictive. Um, mm. and, and then one of the big ones is that we use is, does this improve your relationships or take away from them? Um, and, mm. and then another thing that we do, uh, we really ask, okay, one of the hard and fast lines that I think really differentiates us from a lot of other companies is we ask, does this technology empower your will or does it empower its will? And so I, I, the way I describe this is think about a shovel. Like every tool we use, is, we use impresses itself upon us in some way. Like so a shovel. If you use a shovel all day long, your hands will grow calluses. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the impression it makes upon you. But at the end of the day, you set the shovel down and it sits there and waits in the corner for you to go pick it up again. So that's not the way technology works. Technology isn't just a tool that sits there. The shovel opens its mouth and bugs you and says, use me, use me, use me. Yeah. And, it, and it feeds you dopamine hits when you do use it. And it's like, it's, it's, it's unlike any tool that we've ever used before. And at the end of the day, it is designed to control us, to impress its will upon us. And so that's a huge fundamental boundary that we put as far as our tech is here for you. So what do you want to accomplish? We're here to help that and very hands-off as far as how we um, alert, notify, we impress upon your life. Um, it, it's your life. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is that shovel analogy. You put it there was, that was really good. That was really good because this, yeah, the shovel is a tool in the sense of it's here to help you towards a goal and it doesn't actually cross boundaries into your life. But technology is this, this tool that we have that can, yes, help us. It's extremely potent and powerful. Like you mentioned earlier, but it also has the potential to speak to us and say, Hey, pick me up. Hey, carry me around in your pocket. Hey, look at me first thing in the morning. Um, I noticed that you guys have a, um, <laughs> a, for the, for those of you who don't have never been to the Techless website, you can go to techless.com and they have a, um, tech addiction quiz that you could take. I, I took the quiz and it's, the questions are really great. They target, they get right down to the, um, the nitty gritty of, uh, what it looks like to be ingratiated with technology. And, um, so I would just highly recommend that quiz that you can take. And one of those questions, um, talked about the just the how demanding tech is how how much is it asking you to do something how much is it um is it the first thing you look at in the morning was was one of the is it the last thing that you do before you go to bed um just these questions are great to ask yourself and think of the other things that you could be doing then um i'm not saying technology you need to kick it out entirely and i'm sure techless is not saying that either but what we're saying is that um you know what what could you be doing with those last five minutes that you're scrolling social media on uh, on before you go to bed? You know, could you be talking to if you're married? Could you be talking to your spouse about something that happened during the day? Could you be um, tucking your kids in at night if you're a parent? Could you be um, engaging in a prayer if you're if you're a believer? What 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 could what could you be doing that could perhaps be more be- beneficial to you? And 
um, B could prevent you from being addicted to something. So, um, yeah, those are all really, really great points. Um, Techless, uh, Chris, Chris Techless talks a lot about digital minimalism. Um, for those of, for those people who don't know what this is, could you explain this lifestyle and its, its relational benefits or it, just its benefits in general? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of feeds off the last question pretty well. Um, I, to help kind of illustrate it. I mean, I have a family member, a close family member of mine. He owns eight different properties. Um, and they're all kind of recreational properties. And he wanted these to be recreational leisure time. And, and but they've actually started to consume his life. Um, he puts tons of time in it and is constantly repairing and driving around. And it's just a hassle. And I don't think they're bringing him the joy that he thought they could bring. And that's kind of an extreme example, but take that and apply it to our our stuff, our digital stuff. I mean, many of you guys probably are more familiar with the idea of just minimalism in general. I mean, Marie Kondo has hit it off high. Um, You know, the concept's simple. Instead of just taking everything that you could, ask yourself, what do you actually need? What do you actually want? What brings me the life that I actually intended? What's Mm. What brings me peace? What's healthy for my relationships? And just cut everything else out. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's a very simple concept, but it's very hard to do. It just takes, I mean, you're fighting human nature. <laughs> um, yeah. And so apply that same thing to, to your digital life, you know, and ask yourself these hard, intentional questions and then just relentlessly with a scalpel, chop away. <laughs> and, mm. and, and that's yeah. what it is. That's so good. That's so good. Um, I watched a YouTube video and wrote an article that's since been published in my second book. If For those of you listening, if you haven't got that yet, go ahead and go on Amazon Search deep in the dance of dependence, prioritizing relationship amidst Gen Z individualism, and get your copy of that today. I'd highly recommend it, obviously, as the author. But one of the things I talk about in there is this analogy where the uh, this person on YouTube gives a jar of your life analogy. And they say, you only have so much room in, in the jar of your life. And if you fill it up with the small things first, so that would be the phones, the extracurriculars, the social engagements that aren't really for your connection, just the pleasantry type things. If you fill your life up with those, then the important things will not fit. And then they turn the experiment around and they say, if you put the large things in first, the the key elements of what it is to be human in first, connections with uh, God and other people, if you put that in first, then you can fill it up with sand and everything fits in the jar. And And their point was you have to get, you have to set your priorities straight and get what matters first first. So your marriage, your, your family, your connections with other people, the deep ones, and then you can fill things up with, um, potent things like technology, extracurriculars, things that consume your time. Um, yeah, is there anything yeah. you would add to that, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, that's a really good analogy. Um, I, it makes me think of this exercise that my wife and I did. Um, we kind of a minimalist exercise, um, where we actually had, we wrote on a note card, everything we want to do in life. We had 340 note cards and spread them out across the floor. And this took us months to accomplish. And then, and then we had poker chips and each poker chip represented one hour in a month that we had to accomplish that Mm. thing. And we started putting, Hey, here's how much time we have to do this and this and this. And what was crazy is we expected 
for ourselves to accomplish three times as much stuff as we could possibly even accomplish with the hours that we had in the day. And wow. so what was most profound to us was the no's. I, I, mean, I didn't need to keep the yeses because the yeses were obvious, but the no's are the things that I wanted to like frame and like hang on my yeah. wall to remind myself that this isn't what's important. And we, we ended up throwing 220 cards away of stuff that we just couldn't do. And, it's, and a lot of it was good things, you know, but it wasn't yeah. the best of things. And that's what's important is focusing exactly like you just said on what is absolutely important and being relentless about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I, I one of one of my favorite authors actually talks about that postcard experiment that you just you just did. I don't know if you heard it from him or not, but that's just so such a good exercise to do. Even if you don't have a family, just this is the time that I have, and that's all that I have. It's not getting any bigger or smaller, so I can choose how to use that and basically put yeah exactly what he said. Put exactly what Chris pointed out. Putting it, putting what matters um up top um and. The t a technology, uh, something that also stood out to me while Chris was talking a couple seconds or a couple couple points ago, and I didn't say it was that technology is kind of in theory made us more connected than ever because you you know you're instantly you can instantly get in touch with anybody and be like directly in their life. People f post photos about what they had for lunch, like, and you can see that across the world, um, you know, and it's just amazing how in theory connected you are, but. Um, another one of my favorite authors says that the, it's the paradox of the American culture that through technology, we're that connected, but we're also so disconnected because none of it's face to face. We're, we're disconnected frag, we're quote, disconnected, fragmented, splintered, cropped and edited people that, I mean, that to me is, is, is shocking that you can be that connected and be, um, disconnected it, it is a paradox um chris w would you say you've seen that in people's lives where they're you know in theory you could reach out and text somebody whenever you wanted and that's connection right but somehow because the iphone has so many throwing so many distractions at you it's actually making you more disconnected from those around you yeah yeah and we actually have sort of developed somewhat of a hierarchy here to help us mm. understand what we're trying to push people towards um, and we always want to push people towards the highest level of connection possible. So, yeah. you know, philosophically, a call is better than a text. A video chat is better than a call and face to face mm. is like the pinnacle. And so we are always doing whatever we can from a design perspective to push people up the ladder to prevent exactly what you just described. That's great. That's great. I love that. I, I, and I think that's something that you will not see tech companies doing because they're about convenience. They know that they can get customers through convenience and it's more convenient to send a text or an email um, than it is to actually set up a FaceTime meeting because, you know, you don't have to get ready. You don't have to take the intentional time to sit down and have that blocked off uh, piece of time. You can just type something out and push a button. So technology or big, big tech companies are going to go for the more convenient option. But, um, one of the quotes from the Techless Manifesto video that I watched said, quote, connection matters more than convenience. And then end quote, that's something that I think, uh, really needs to be modeled by more people. And, um, yeah, that's, that's just a really great point that, um, we brought up today. And we haven't even started talking about the, um, the actual products that Techless has for families yet. And we'll get to that in just a second. But first, Chris, how do we make sure that kids um, 
are tech literate. They can understand they're tech savvy. They know how tech works without making them oversaturated, oversaturated and making them, uh, you know, just consumed by technology. Yeah. So I've had a few parents ask me this. Um, I have some parents that give their kids iPads like early at age five because they said, oh, the best brilliant coders come out of kids that have access to technology early. And that question of how do we make sure our kids are tech literate, I actually think it's the wrong question. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's like asking, well, how can I be certain that my kids will know how to spend money when I give it to them? <laughs> They'll know. I, I, th- I think it'd be very difficult to raise a tech illiterate kid. Um, mm. The right question is how do we be- build kids with the character, the character inside of them to navigate the tech world with wisdom and the intentionality that will change their lives? Because that's so much more of an important priority. Um, you know, if you had to choose, and I'm not saying this is actually the real choice, but between an awkward homeschool kid that has noble character and a tech savvy kid <laughs> that's life is a mess, I think that's an yeah. obvious choice. Um, mm, and, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm just giving an extreme example. <laughs> um, but, right. but kids don't need help to figure out tech. If you hand a phone to a 14 year old for the first time in their life, it won't take them 20 minutes and they'll know more than you will yeah. about it. Just guaranteed. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. That's really good. Um, something else that, I immediately thought of when uh, I, I I got this question from a, a parent question on the techless.com website. And uh, did you guys, uh, I don't know if the listeners know this, but did you, Steve Jobs did not let his, his kids have an iPad. Yeah. And to me, that says he knew he was close to the fire. He knew what it was. He knew the, what it was designed to do. And he said, no, you guys are actually not going to have one of these. Yeah. All, all, all the Silicon <laughs> I mean, that, Valley guys. Yeah. All of them. I mean, yeah. I, I read a month ago, I read a contract for a nanny um, who was watching a Silicon Valley exec. And in the contract with their nanny, it said, if you let my kids look at a phone or any type of screen, it's like a thousand dollar penalty against your parents. Oh I mean, that's gosh. how big of a deal it is. They know what they're doing and they know how destructive this is. Um, so yeah, it, they're, they're aware. <laughs> yeah. That should say something that yeah. the, the people who are creating these, these, these devices, these, um, these tech, tech entities are keeping their own kids from it. Obviously their kids uh, presumably are the people they love most in the world and they're keeping them from this thing. Uh, that should send up a red flag to, to us as consumers, I think. But, um, so anyway, that's just a good point that I wanted to bring up before we move on to what, what actually you guys are doing um, practically to fix this problem. And Techless has developed a smartphone alternative called the Wise Phone. Um, what makes the Wise Phone a better alternative to the smartphone and what makes it more, what makes it more human? Yeah. So just in a nutshell, what Wise Phone is so that you can imagine it, because it's very simple conceptually, but sometimes people have a really hard time imagining it. It's a smartphone, but imagine all the apps are gone and all you can do in very plain text English, no icons, no crazy colors, is you can call, you can text, you have maps, you have um, photos, and a few basic tools like a clock or a calculator. I mean, it's very, very basic. Um, but what it's designed to serve are parents that want to give their kids something they can trust. I mean, right now in the parenting world, when I'm looking for a phone for my foster kids, I've got the option of flip phones, which kids like uh hide they hang their heads down low because they're i mean they're <laughs> embarrassing honestly um yeah. and 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 yeah. have you ever tried texting in t9 it's awful it doesn't yeah. lead to quality communication no 
Um, and, and there's a couple other minimalist phones out there, but the truth is, is a lot of them develop their own hardware and hardware is expensive and difficult and they just didn't nail it yet. So like e-ink screens are just hard to type on. Um, but, and then the third option is smartphones with filtering apps or with restrictions. And I will say, if you're a super tech savvy parent that wants to spend 30 hours researching and then every other month research more before some new app update comes out, then you mm. could take an iPhone, maybe, and lock it down. But this thing was not designed by any means. And, and Apple, Google, these guys do not care about this particular you know safety type mm. of thing for kids. And so they'll push updates that just release new vulnerabilities. I mean, there's apps in the app store that look like calculator apps that are actually windows to porn. Um, there are, yeah. you know, Google, Android, it is impossible to remove the Google search bar, no matter what you do. I mean, I've done deep level hacking stuff. I'm a tech guy and you cannot yeah. remove the Google search bar from an Android phone. Um, yeah. And so we care. We're we are the only people that care at this point. Um, and so we're just from the ground up design for parents, for digital minimalists, for people that want to make this intentional choice. So that's kind of what separates yeah. us at the highest level. Yeah, that's great. Um, on, on the website, they say that, that another thing that appealed to me about this company is they say that it's a phone for families and digital minimalists. And that's their kind of their target audience. That totally makes sense that, um, I mean, Apple's not going to, Apple makes its money through making everything convenient and, and, uh, Google does the same thing. They're not going to take away their <laughs> access to Google from their Google phone. Like that wouldn't make, so yeah, that makes total sense. How can you protect yourself and your kids from this this just a crazy material that is kind of always always there i was watching an interview of chris and he talked about he was on the this is on the tech techless youtube channel that i highly recommend you should go check it out um and he was talking about he would open the news app or something and he just scrolled a couple seconds and there was explicit material in the news app like it's just so um uh, what's the word? Everything's so connected in Apple that all the bad stuff just filters straight into basically any, well, you can get to it from anywhere. Yeah. And the scary thing about that is that my phone was locked down. I had intensive restrictions. Mm. I mean, my wife has the passcode to it. Um, and it, my phone should have been safe, but yet Apple pushed yeah. an update. The news app didn't exist. When I went to bed that night, I woke up the next morning and the news app was there, opened it up, and here's a new vulnerability because they don't think about this type of stuff. This isn't the, no. this isn't who they made it for. And so that's the dangerous side of it. I mean, Apple released at CES last year, they bought a massive, like, uh, I don't know, 14-story billboard, and it said, what happens on this phone stays on this phone, which is kind of a playoff of the Las Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. That's not some lighthearted joke. That's that's a <laughs> very dark thing to say if you think about what it means. What are they actually selling? They're selling secrecy, privacy. Like, I mean, yeah. they're selling sex. I mean, in a, in a nutshell. Yeah. And you can get away with it with us. I mean, that's that's yeah. what they stand for. And we are on the total opposite side of the continuum. We are vulnerability. You cannot delete your text messages. Whew, that makes some people nervous. Well, guess what? There's grace for stuff, you know, but um, yeah. but it, we're, we're right. just very very stark contrast to from a design right. perspective. You'd be amazed at how morality plays into design. I mean, all the way down to which emojis do you have? I mean, it's crazy mm. when you really get into it. Yeah, that's that's a good, such a good point. Um, and honestly, one of my favorite things that I've seen about the Wise Phone, uh, particularly, is the openness. 
Because I think that's a key in developing any type of healthy relationship, not just the honesty, but if there is a problem, then you probably need help with it. Like it might not be something that you can fix. So you need to be open enough to where you can share that with a community or your your partner if you're married or you're, you're just just other people. Because if you can't, if you can't beat it yourself, there's no way you're going to beat it unless you bring in a team. So that's, I love that the, the wise phone does that makes everything open. Um, and in addition to the wise phone, Chris, what are some other ways that we can protect our relationships from digital distractions? Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna, um, by any means venture to tell you how to parent here <laughs> uh, right, or, or right. even, you know, not just yourself, but, but I would just say, be a bit more nervous than you are. I mean, think, mm. of, think of technology as you think of wealth and power, um, you know, millions of dollars in your hand, um, you've got something that is just dangerous. So, I mean, be careful, be prayerful, um, pursue coaching. I mean, there's not coaching out there right now, but uh, communicate about it, get, get training, set loving boundaries for yourself, for other people, um, you know, allow room for grace, for mistakes. I mean, when it comes to parenting specifically, um, I, I know Wisephone itself is fairly high control in the sense that you can see everything your kid's doing. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the right solution for their entire life. I mean, I've always mm -hmm. kind of said uh, that children are like arrows, right? You're supposed to release them at age 18 or mm -hmm. 25, whenever they're financially independent. But it's our goal as parents to slowly um, give more and more and more trust and let them make mistakes along the way, but they're not the most destructive type. They're not the kind that eat your soul. They're the kind that bruise your knee. <laughs> um, and th mm. that you learn as you're releasing freedoms. And so well, what we're doing mm. is one yeah. step in the process, but there's many other solutions out there. And so think about your plan to release for your kids, to release the freedoms in a healthy way and to be there as a loving parent alongside as they scrape their knee and create design dilemmas for them, whatever that looks like. But mm -hmm. just be be a bit more intentional than you currently are. That would be my only, my only advice here. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Um, I love that, that, that once again, because that being cautious that that communicates a, a, a care for you, your offspring. You know, if you don't care about something, if you don't care about somebody, it's not going to make a difference to you. Um, you're not going to have concern, but this concern that you're showing actually reflects your care. So I really appreciate that, that, that sentiment coming through for parents who are, who are um, trying to prevent their children from becoming um, encountering these problems on through technology. Um, Chris, this is just a uh, kind of an off subject question. Is that, is Techless the, I think I said, it, I thought, I thought I read that it was the third company you had started. Had you done a couple other ones? Yeah. Yeah. So I've done a film company, um, where I did a lot of traveling. I probably traveled to like 18 different countries doing a lot of, um, ministry, like promotional film type work. Um, mm -hmm. crazy stories there. I mean, I interviewed the Russian yeah. minister of education and oh, like, really? I mean, like, you know, just all That's kinds of crazy. cool stuff. Um, and, and, uh, but there was, there was that. And then, I mean, I got to interview the beach boys, you know, I don't know. It's cool stuff. Um, oh my goodness. but there was that. And then after that, I did an ad agency at our family business. So it was one of the eight subsidiary companies. Okay. And so I had a team and we worked to just do a lot of internal cultural change, um, and launching brands and such. And so, That's so neat. um, the film company, actually, one of our clients was Chick-fil-A 
And that's sort of what got no my wife and I into foster care. Because I don't know if you're familiar, but Chick-fil-A's ministry, kind of the Ronald McDonald home, is called Windshape Homes. It is just mm-hmm. A-plus, world-class, amazing ministry, and they do foster care right. Yeah. And I got to interview that, uh, did a piece that aired on Super Bowl game day on ESPN. Wow. Um, but I got to talk to so many parents and see lives change through the foster care system and these relationships that we're talking about. I mean, truly life transformation. And that kind of set a new path for my wife and I as far as how we live our lives. That's so great. Um, I'm a, I actually work at Chick-fil-A right now and I love the wind shape camps that they go to. It's really cool. I saw, I actually saw that on your website that you had a, an ad or something aired on the Super Bowl day. So I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, and that foster, the foster child experience, man, that is something great. I think families would, 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 that's just something great to do. Like you're making a lasting impact there. Um, through relationships for these kids that, so just congratulations and thank you for doing that, Chris. And man, that's a great, that's a huge step for, for people to take. When I was growing up, my family, uh, hosted exchange students. And basically, for those of you don't know, who don't know what that is, is basically, uh, students from another country, high school students come over and they school here and it gets them, uh, for an experience so that they can go home. And that looks good on resumes and things like that. And basically they, they, they pick a host family and then they, they put these students in these, these solid family homes, um, where they can get a good American experience. So that's just another great way, you know, cause a lot of us think the only way for me to make a difference outside of my family is adoption. And that's not really the case because there are these other, these other awesome opportunities. Chris, all of that was kind of a tangent, but I thought it was important to put in there. Um, Chris, what's one thought you would leave? with listeners today regarding the just digital distraction and what it can, how it can harm us. Yeah. I, I don't have any great profound thoughts here. I would just say right now, mm-hmm. as you're seeing the true face of big tech, um, yeah. support, um, overtly with your attention and with your money companies like Techless, like covenant eyes, um, like fight the new drug, um, that are making a difference here, um, mm. you know, buy, buy their products, invest in them, whatever that looks like for you, um, because this is a noble cause. Um, it's something that can change the life of your family and, and thousands of families here. And I just know right now it's a struggle sometimes. Early stage startup, <laughs> life's not easy. Yeah. Uh, my wife said the last six months have been the hardest of our marriage in the last eight years. Um, and that's because we're fighting on, <sighs> we're fighting on the front lines here. Um, oh for this, um, yeah. and, and I, it's a worthwhile, it's a worthwhile cause. Um, you know, yeah. my wife truly believes it is, um, but just support us. And that would be a huge, huge yeah. help. So absolutely. Um, guys, I will put the techlist.com website, all of their info down in the description of the show notes. Be sure to check that out. They're doing a lot of great stuff. Everything that I've looked into has just kind of blown me away in the sense of, I didn't know this was going on. And it's great to see a company actually uh, not only giving their attention to these things, but providing solutions, putting a message out there. So um, I'll put the information for Techless down below. Check out the Wise Phone. That sounds like an amazing um, thing, especially what they're marketing it towards families and minimalists. Um, Definitely check that out. Thank you so much for being on the show, uh, Chris. It's been an honor to have someone with similar values and someone who has chosen to value marriage and family and protecting that, um, from, from these things. And obviously 
because we value that so much here, we respect you firstly as a husband and a father, but secondly, because you're doing all of these, these good, um, successful things in the sense of you're preventing harm for, for people. So thank you so much for doing that. And thank you for being on the show. Um, it's been, it's been great to have you. Yeah. Seth, likewise, the honors, uh, it's been quite an honor. I really appreciate everyone's time and attention. Yeah, absolutely. Um, remember for those of you listening, you can now follow the restoring report podcast on Instagram. Be sure to rate and review the more ratings and the reviews that we get, the further up we're boosted on the Apple analytics. So the more people will find our, our show. Um, if you haven't bought my books yet, check out those. The link is in the description. Um, Rec, uh, the Restoring Report podcast posts regularly on social media for um, quotes relating to marriage and family. So follow them for there as well. And thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate it.